A few weeks ago, I asked all of you if you wanted more episodes on boundaries, and the overwhelming response was a big yes. So what we're going to do is embark on a four-part episode series, this will be part one, where we discuss the different forms of boundaries you can set in order to let others know how you wish to be treated. And part one is here today, which includes boundaries you will set on your stuff or your physical belongings. Welcome everyone, this is the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom Podcast. My name is Justin. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are not new here, and you've been listening, welcome back. This is the podcast where we use the philosophy of yoga in a very practical and everyday way, one small step at a time to become happier people. And in today's episode, we are gonna talk all about being happy by setting boundaries. And as I mentioned, this is the first of a four-part series. Now, before we get started, I just want to cover a couple things. First of all, you can connect with me on Instagram at JustinRickyYoga. You can also follow the link in the show notes, which will take you to my Instagram page. And if you're so inclined, you can also donate to the podcast through listener support, buying me a coffee. I appreciate any support, and that just means listening or sharing the episodes because it helps the community grow, and it helps me bring new content to you. So thank you all for all of your support. So with that being said, we are going to get into today's topic. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know I like to give you some background information in this part of the episode uh, with regards to how our topic relates to the mission of this podcast, and that, of course, is cultivating strength and freedom through the practice of yoga off the mat in a practical, everyday way, so that you can live a life that is full of happiness. And boundary setting will be traced back to satcha, which is translated to truthfulness. You may have heard me speak on this topic before. A lot of our teachings come from satcha because so much is rooted in truthfulness. And if something belongs to you and you want to set some boundaries because others begin to maybe touch the belongings that you have or disrespect your space, because this also has to do with like your physical space, like your house or your apartment or where you're living. If something belongs to you and you want to set some boundaries around all of that, it's up to you to set that boundary in truthfulness, not to please someone else, but in your own setting your boundary in your own self for truthfulness. It's about being real rather than being nice. And if you feel like you are always letting people walk all over you and touch your stuff, take what isn't theirs, or do things in your space or your house or wherever you live that make you uncomfortable, it's up to you to be real with others and not just be nice and let them continue on. Because being nice to someone and letting them do whatever they want is actually very disrespectful to them and to yourself. Now, I also want to say one more thing here. This does not mean we are setting boundaries because we want control other of other people. Like, for example, I've given this example before and I'm going to give it again. If you tell someone that they cannot sit on a piece of furniture in your home because you're trying to save it for the afterlife or something, that's ego coming at you. That's not anything other than ego. You're trying to preserve something. That is different than what I'm talking about in this episode. 
That's not mindfulness. That's just, oh, don't sit here because I need to protect that. It's so valuable. It's like more valuable than human life. No, it's an object. It's an object. Happiness is the key word that I have been saying through this episode and the key word that I say often because I think that every human being wants to be happy. But I also think that every human being has a choice of whether you want to be happy or whether you don't want to be happy. And far too often, we chose we choose not to be happy because the things we do, the people we are around, and the way we talk to ourselves are extremely negative. Have you ever been around that person that does nothing but complain? I have. You know you have. I have lived with, worked with, been in relationships with, and have had family members who just love to complain. Now, complaining is is a habit. It's an easy habit. It's very easy to do. The reason I bring all of this up about happiness and complaining and such is because often those of you who complain nonstop about the actions of either yourself or others are the same people who have the hardest time setting boundaries. Well, my friends, Let today be the day that all of that ends. Those days are over. Let today be the first day where you decide, you know what? I am sick and tired of complaining and doing nothing about anything. I'm going to start setting some boundaries. Because after these next four episodes, you are going to look at the way people treat you very differently. And you are going to learn that the the way people interact with you is all in your control. So let's talk about what a boundary really is. A boundary is an imaginary line that separates you and me, and that line is set by me, okay? Boundaries are not, this is what they're not. They're not the following two things. Number one, they are not rules that you put in place to control someone else's behavior patterns. Please understand that when you set a boundary, you are not setting it so that you can control or change someone else's behavior patterns. They're gonna behave the way they wanna behave just like you are gonna behave the way you wanna behave. You can choose to change your behavior just like they can choose to change their own behavior. You can change it based on being motivated by something, but you certainly should not be forced to change your behavior. So boundaries are not rules that you put in place to control someone else's behavior. And number two, They are not things that you set in place so that you can place guilt, shame, or punishment onto someone else who has done something that's not to your liking. So if you are in a relationship with someone, it doesn't have to be a romantic one, and something happens, it's not that you're going to set a boundary because you're going to punish them for you being upset with something that they have done. You are going to set the boundary because it's about the way you want to be treated. And also, boundaries do not work if you do not communicate them to others and you do not uphold them at all. It also doesn't work if you complain about your boundaries to other people. So if you set a boundary and then you don't uphold it and all you do is bitch and whine and complain, that's not working either. Let me give you an example of a boundary that does not work. You ready? There is a person who you work with, let's just put this into perspective, that thinks that touching you is appropriate. And yet, all you do when they touch you is squirm, or maybe you give them kind of a little look, like a stern look, 
or maybe you kind of giggle or laugh. You then, after that happens, you go and bitch about it to everyone else. Have you ever worked with someone like that at work who touches you inappropriately? And it doesn't have to be in a part of your body that's inappropriate. It could be anywhere. They could touch you on your back. They could touch you on your belly. They could touch you on your arm. They could rub your shoulders. If someone is doing that to you at work and then you complain to everybody else, but you do nothing about it, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. And guess what? That other person is going to continue to touch you because complaining to everybody else does nothing. So that is not a boundary setting. That's just you not respecting yourself. So you may need to think about that before you decide how you're going to set a boundary with someone. And we are going to talk about boundaries and and physical, our bodies, in an upcoming episode as well. But that was an example of how boundaries do not work, complaining about them to everybody else. Now, here is an example of a boundary that does work in that same example. Here's your coworker. We're going to call her Fern. Fern, I do not like being touched. So I am going to ask you to help me out by not touching me because it makes me uncomfortable. Thank you so much for your help. That's it. So you cannot complain to other people about how others treat you if you aren't doing anything about it. I hear that and see that non-stop. This especially happens at work where a bunch of complainers are complaining about things happening to them and then they don't say anything about it. Or it happens a lot too when you're in a relationship where someone else is manipulating. They manipulate you and they manipulate you and you just go complain about it to everybody else and you don't do anything about it. After you set a boundary with someone, if you have any doubt on who they are in their character, you will now know definitely what their character is after you've set the boundary, depending on how they respect your boundaries. Now, there are four major boundaries that you must set in your life, and we are going to explore the first one today, which is all about your stuff or your physical possessions. So I gave you all of that background in boundaries, so we're not going to go over that in each episode again about boundaries and what they really are and why we set them. So you may want to refer back to this episode in the first part of this episode when we are going into the later episodes of these boundary settings so that you have a place of reference. We're going to break up these episodes into two parts. Part one will be examples of the boundaries that we're going to set, and part two will be how you uphold them and how you institute consequences. That's right. Let me be really clear Absolutely no part of setting boundaries and upholding them is more important than another, okay? If you leave one piece out about setting a boundary or upholding it, you might as well just forget about it because it's not going to work. If you set boundaries and then you do nothing about them, you haven't set a boundary. All you're doing then is talking to hear yourself talk. That's a waste of your time. Now listen, this is your life here we're talking about. Your life is no laughing matter. It's fucking serious. Your happiness is fucking serious business. So you get serious about setting boundaries. You get serious about upholding them. So let's talk about examples of setting boundaries and your personal stuff. Now, here's what your personal stuff may include. These are just some examples. Your cell phone, your clothes, what you put in the refrigerator, what you have planned to eat that might be sitting in your kitchen, your car, your bike, your home, your desk at work, the glass of water that's sitting on the table that's yours, your glasses, 
your hair gel, your blanket, your pillow. Get the picture? These are your personal things. Things that you may share with others if you decide so. But what if you know that person who is always touching your stuff or moving it or eating your food, borrowing your car, getting stuff out of your desk without asking? Well, if you do know that person, it's time to start putting some boundaries into place regarding your stuff. And guess what else is a personal belonging? Your time is a personal belonging. Let's start there. I have a newsflash for you. If someone is constantly late, they're disrespecting you. Yeah, period. No amount of excuses will matter here. That friend who may run late here or there, that's going to happen, right? Of course, things happen. I'm talking about the friend who is always late. That's an example of a boundary you can start to set about being late. You could say something like this. Samantha, I love the time we spend together. However, my time is very valuable, and I notice you are late every time we plan something. I want to spend time with you, but not like this. Therefore, I need your help in showing up on time so my time is not wasted. Thank you. Now, I love this because you not only tell Samantha that you love her time together, right, and that you want to spend time with her, but you are also not going to waste your time, and you're clear with her about that because Samantha can't show up and hand you the 15 minutes that she was late so that you can live that later on in the day, right? Like, she doesn't come to your to lunch and say, oh, you know, I was late 15 minutes. Here, let me give them to you, and then you can have them later on. That doesn't happen. So why in the world would you allow someone to continue to be late over and over again? Let's talk about the food example. Remember how I mentioned about your food being one of your possessions? Let's say you have a roommate or a family member that consistently eats the food that you leave in the refrigerator. You could say this as a boundary setting. You know, Kenny, I enjoy sharing this apartment with you. However, I work hard and spend my hard-earned money on the food I put in the refrigerator. And I want that food for when I'm hungry. I want to continue to be able to put food in there without worrying that it will be taken. So I am hoping that you will just be sure to be mindful of the food that is mine and the food that is yours. I appreciate your help. Now, that was modeled pretty much the same as the one about Samantha and the time wasting. Here, you're doing this exact same thing, except now you're just changing the wording around to the food. Notice you're also asking for help. You're saying, I appreciate your help. You ask for that help in both scenarios. You're not demanding someone change. You're not telling people you need to have a serious talk with them or I need to talk to you, which by the way, don't say that to people. Don't say, hey, Joanne, I need to talk to you. That creates anxiety in people. Use the phrase, I need your help instead. That I need to talk to you language is, our, is gonna make it way worse when you're trying to set a boundary. It will send someone else into an anxiety tailspin because you know when someone has said that to you that you have been sent in an anxiety tailspin. Now let's use the example as of the house next, as our next example. Let's say that you do not allow swearing in your house because you have little children around. And then here comes Aunt Joanne because she, can't con she cannot continue to control herself. She can't. So Aunt Joanne says, swears in your house. And now you say, Aunt Joanne, I love when you come over to visit. However, we do not allow swearing in our house due to the sensitivity of 
the young children here. I want you to come over often, but not if you will swear around the kids. So please keep the swearing out of the house. I appreciate your help with this. That's it, okay? You tell people what you will not tolerate. You tell them how much you love that they are a part of your life. You did that in the first part of every one of those examples, like the Aunt Joanne. Aunt Joanne, I love when you come over to visit. Kenny, I love sharing the apartment with you. Samantha, I love when we spend time together. And then the second thing you do is you tell them what the boundary is by saying, my time is valuable. And if you're late every time, I don't want to spend time like with you like this. Or in Kenny, I want to sh- be sure to be able to put the food in there without worrying it will be taken. So be mindful. There's your boundary. And in the third example, you say, but not, I want you to come over, Aunt Joanne, but not if you're going to continue to swear around the kids. There's your boundary. And then the last thing you do is you say thank you. You thank them for their help. That's setting a boundary right there. Seems easy, but we all know it's not easy. And so let's talk about when we come back after the break, how we're going to uphold the boundaries if someone has crossed them. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. So we've already gone through examples of what personal boundaries are regarding your stuff and your personal belongings. We've given some examples on how to set boundaries. We've done the three parts to a boundary setting. I've taught you those. I've taught you that you tell them how much you love being around or near or whatever it is, and then you set the boundary, and then you tell them that thank you for your help. Those are the three parts to it. Now we're going to talk about what happens if someone crosses the boundary line because this will happen. And listen, I am not here, by the way, to tell you how many times you allow a boundary to get crossed before you set a consequence in motion. That's not what I'm here to tell you. But I am going to tell you this. I have found that the faster the consequence comes, the more effective the boundary is. Just be damn sure that when you communicate a boundary in the first place, you are clear about it, like in the examples I gave you before the break. Go back and listen to them again. You decide on how, when you're going to enforce consequences, but I certainly would not let someone cross me over and over and over and over again, because if you're doing that, why in the hell bother with the boundary anyway? All right? So let's go through those examples one more time, and and instead, we're going to now pretend that the boundary has been crossed. So let's go back to Samantha. Here comes our late friend, Samantha. She's late again. You've already had the conversation. Now here she is late again. So now it's time to enact a consequence, and here's what you can say. Samantha, you know that I do not like having my time wasted because you are late constantly. If you do this again, I will not be planning these get-togethers anymore. And that's it. That's it. You have said two things. You've repeated the boundary by saying, hey, I don't like having my time wasted. And you've already said that to her because you've set that in the boundary that you don't like your time wasted. And then you say the consequence. If you do this again, I'm not going to plan these get-togethers anymore, which sucks, doesn't it? But if Samantha can't honor your boundaries, is Samantha really the friend you thought she was? Number two, let's talk about Kenny and the refrigerator again. So now you've set the boundary and you find your food has been eaten again. Now you have to say, Kenny, we've talked about eating the food in the refrigerator that's not yours. If I come in here again and I find that you've eaten my food, I will have no choice but to get a small refrigerator for myself and it will be kept in my room to which you will have no access to unless you add that to your half of the rent. That's it. You've told Kenny the same thing. You've repeated the boundary 
about, I've told you about the food in the refrigerator, and now here's the consequence. Now, if you do that again, I'm gonna have to put the food in a different place and you have zero access to it. That's it. You're not telling Kenny he's an idiot. You're not telling Kenny he's a bad person. You're not telling Kenny, you need to stop doing this or this or this because your behavior is bullshit and if you keep doing that, you're gonna hurt a bunch of people's feelings and you're a thief and you're, a, you're not doing any of that. All you're doing is telling Kenny what you will and will not tolerate. And finally, let's go back to our favorite Aunt Joanne Swearing in that house. Here she comes. Boy, Aunt Joanne, she just can't help herself. She can't. So now she swears again. Now you say, listen, Aunt Joanne, I have communicated to you that we do not allow swearing in this house. I'm going to have to ask you not to come by the house anymore unless you can drop the swearing while you are here. And that's it. Boundary, consequence. What do you do if someone repeats this behavior and you have to enact that consequence? Well, that's up to you. You have to then decide to what degree does that person belong in your life now. It, people tell you a lot when they choose to either A, respect your boundary, or B, not respect your boundary. And when people do not respect your boundaries, it is a hard lesson to learn that those people may not value you as much as you value them, or as much as you thought that they valued you. And that is a hard pill to swallow. But my friends, the key to happiness one of the keys is setting boundaries. And in our next episode, we're gonna talk about boundaries related to the workplace and finances, and those two go hand in hand. And some of that may surprise you because I'm not just talking about those annoying coworkers you might be dealing with, I'm talking about your finances too and how those coworkers can affect the money that goes into your pocket. I will see you on the next episode of the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. Okay, one last thing. The content in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended as a replacement or a substitution for the advice of any medical professional, like a physician, a psychologist, or a qualified therapist, or any other medical professional. It is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only.